Well, hi there, and welcome back to the Balanced Wisdom Podcast. Everything to do with mindfulness and alternative ways of looking at yourself. I'm your host, Cindy Owen. So last week we talked about the judging mind, and we've talked about mindfulness and awareness, and how this all helps in making us a more content, uh, happier person, a person who is able to recognize when fear and doubt or worry or shame are coming up and deal with them with wisdom, uh, so to speak, tapping in with their balanced wisdom. And today I want to go into a little bit of a science area. I want to talk about neuroplasticity. This is just, this fascinates me. So I study a lot of Buddha's wisdom and to me, it just makes sense. Uh, we, we, we go into the brain, we look at our minds, we look at what we're feeding ourselves, what we're tapping into, what we're believing, and we bring awareness to that and kindness. And without beating ourselves up, we look at different perspectives. And this actually changes the way we view the world. Well, now science proves it. And I think that is just so amazing. 30 years ago, even just 30 years ago, it was thought that the brain was static. After the age of, I'm not sure it was, maybe 12 or 15, the, or it could be into the 20s, but they thought the brain stopped developing. You were who you were. The patterns, the personality, everything was there and it was who you are. And yet, so much research has happened over these past 30 years and they're showing that that's not true. The brain can and does change throughout our lives and it's adaptable like plastic and that's why the neuroscientists call it neuroplasticity. So our brains are being constantly reshaped throughout our lives and the focus of awareness determines which brain networks, synapses, neurons, whatever, are strengthened or weakened or lost. For example, when we get caught up in the cycle of worry or fear, these are the networks in the brain that become stronger. So the more we worry, the better we become at worrying and the easier it is that we get into that worrying mode. This is the same to do with anger, fear, doubt, overwhelm, shame. And on the other side, if we practice being calm, clear, and focused, we strengthen these networks, and those are the ones that become our go-to. So we kind of have to go back to looking at our, our primitive brain, our caveman brain. And the amygdala, which is just at the back, the lower back of the skull, right in the neck area, was the first of our brain to develop. It was the first part and it was all that was really necessary and vital back in those days for survival. And it served us well in the times that we had to be alert and on guide for predators. Uh, for example, saber-toothed tigers, woolly mammoths, other clans, the environment. So what we would do is we would see a tiger, the amygdala would get immediately activated, and it's the area of the brain that has the flight, fight, or freeze response. 
and it would take the necessary actions for survival. So we'd run, hide, or attack. Our bodies would get flooded with hormones and chemicals such as cortisol and adrenaline, and we're able to do whatever is necessary to survive. And the blood would rush to the extremities of the body and allow for facts actioned. And that resulted in our greater chance of survival. And then once the threat was over, the body would eventually turn back to a calm focus. However, as civilization progressed, so did our brains. We're not faced with the extreme situations that we had back in the caveman days. So the brain developed the prefrontal cortex, which is the frontal lobe, called, also called the new brain. And it's developed as humans have evolved. And this is the part of the brain that allows for executive functioning. In other words, it's the part of the brain that does planning, decision-making, problem-solving. It is responsible for self-control and acting on short-term and long-term goals. This is also the area where resilience takes place. It's the place where you are able to see when you're getting in your own way, when you're in a state of fear or doubt. It's the area where you can then just use your skills and your knowledge to choose how to respond. Remember we talked about being on automatic pilot and that led to reacting. This is the part of the brain that helps us choose to respond to any threats or what might come up and change directions from old time wasting thoughts and beliefs. It is the wise brain and this is where wisdom comes from. So in today's world, we don't have the same external threats that we used to. There isn't a saber-toothed tiger around any corner. We don't need to be on high alert and we don't need to have that flight, fright, or freeze, that amygdala always kind of on the ready. Nowadays, most of our threats are what we call internal and it could be job stress, time constraints, overwhelm, doubt, uh, negative thinking, deadlines. And when the prefrontal cortex, the frontal lobe, is well-maintained, we're aware and conscious of the workings of our mind. And we're able to manage and respond to the information that comes in a reasonable, reasonable, rational manner and take responsibility. We can rationalize and take the action that's necessary. So even when it's overwhelmed, we've got this executive functioning part of the brain that can come in and, and say, okay, let's breathe and we can manage this. Most of the work is done in the prefrontal cortex, the wisdom area. However, if the prefrontal cortex is not managed so well and maintained, and this is what happens when we're on automatic pilot, damaging thoughts flood in and it will continually send destructive signals to the amygdala. And that keeps the amygdala on constant flight, fight, or freeze mode. So because at this point, the prefrontal cortex is constantly feeling threatened as if there is a life-threatening situation. Yet its planning and executive functioning skills are not being accessed. The body is in reaction mode. So uh, thoughts such as, it's not good enough, could be interpreted by the, the amygdala 
as I'm going to fail. I'm such a loser. What's wrong with me? And this is where the amygdala will take over and it acts as if there is a life-threatening event. And over time, if these thoughts continue and branch out into other areas of life, we can be living in a constant state of fight, flight, or freeze just because of our thoughts. And this is where anxiety and depression come in. This is where fraud syndrome, paralyzation, uh, unable to move forward, second guessing, nothing is ever good enough. There's actually no real threatening danger. Our minds and thoughts make our bodies believe there is. And over time, it has a devastating effect on our bodies, our self-esteem, our self-worth, relationships, every aspect of our being. So without mindfulness, over time, we feed these pathways to the amygdala and they grow in size and are always at the ready, even if there's no threat. Memories get stronger and they're stored and become beliefs and behaviors. Beliefs of negativity to of ourselves, of other people. We have behaviors such as giving up, we're irritable, there's a lot of negativity and self-sabotage and soon this becomes a way of being and it creates very unhappy beings. However, the great news is, is that now we know that the brain is plastic and molded with our experiences, habits, and our thoughts. So therefore, through conscious awareness, which is mindfulness, we can choose our responses, thoughts, and habits, and we can actually reshape our brain. So in doing this, we're playing an active role in changing the way our brain develops. So it's much the same way that we can change our muscles in our body by doing certain exercises. So can we change the muscles that our brain, our brain really is one big muscle. And research development shows that we can consciously reduce the size of the amygdala and increase the size of the prefrontal cortex which reduces levels of stress hormones and strengthens connections to the prefrontal lobe. This means we can program ourselves to live with less stress and more happiness and success. We can get out of our own way. Through my Buddhist studies, I know that this works. However, now the really cool thing is that Western science proves it with functional MRIs, we really do have so much choice and control over what we feed our brains. We've just never been aware of it. So, I mean, let's face it, we're in a very commercialized culture. The media does not want you to think for yourself or feel good. If you felt good for yourself, it wouldn't make you buy that $40,000 car or that $100 face cream that's guaranteed to make you look 10 years younger. It wouldn't make you get the partner of your dreams or the career that you've always wanted because you'll know that it doesn't create happiness or self-respect for that matter. We are actually in a culture that profits from making people feel less than they are. Making people feel constantly that they're not good enough. This is what drives the economy. And that is such a shame. Also, many of what we think is just a repeat of what we've heard others say and believe when we were young and much more easily influenced. We didn't question our parents or others in authority. 
And as we grew, we took on their thinking habits and created our own beliefs and ways of being in that same pattern. Now that we are aware and can go inward and pay attention to the habit thoughts that drive us, we can examine them and consciously choose what to strengthen in our brains. This is why awareness and meditation is so powerful. We actually get off automatic pilot and we make friends with our mind. So the question becomes, how can we exploit our brains for the positive? Well, mindfulness is exactly what this does. Being present, being now, meditating, paying attention, breathing. The present is what matters. We can begin to recognize rumination, you know, when the mind goes over and over and over something, the same thought, the same worry, the same problem, whatever. And we can recognize that and worries, problems, preoccupations, and other nagging habits that take us away from our true selves. We begin to recognize the running, distracting dialogue of the mind, of the past, of the future, that splits our awareness from now, from, from our actions. And concentrating on the moment pushes away distractions. It pushes away fear and doubt. So let your curiosity and intuition guide you back to the present moment. Be present, whether it be at work, gardening, exercising, meditating, creating, or coaching. This is what mindfulness is, and it's powerful. The willingness to be with what is needed in a situation. In this process, we're virtually rewiring our brains and increasing the happiness, joy, confident, and contentment centers areas in the brain. And this is how we exploit the brain's neuroplasticity through action. The brain physically changes. The patterns of the neurons change. The circuitry changes in a sense of what's connected to what and how strong those connections are. We have the ability to create a different reality that promotes happiness, positivity, success, and other positive emotions. They have this great saying that neurons that fire together wire together. In other words, if we're going down that rabbit hole of worry and fear, those are the neurons that are firing together and those are the ones that are wiring together and strengthening. And as we saw before with mindfulness, when we become aware of this, you know, like I said, if we're not aware, it's not our fault. We don't know. And as soon as we become aware, we have that choice. We have that choice to take a break, to take a breath, stop the neurons from firing in that direction and refocus the direction they're firing in, which could even be just a direction of this too shall pass or what is needed right now in this moment. And that's the whole goal really of becoming aware and becoming friends with our mind. We do it with the muscles in our body all the time. And this is the part where I want to really emphasize that it does take persistence and practice. A little bit each day goes a long way. We know that with our muscles. If we're trying to 
build our biceps, have those bionic, beautifully sculpted arms. We need to do the exercise every single day, or at least every other day. We need to put in the time and the effort. And when we stop, we start to lose that muscle tone. And really, once you start again, it's easier to get it back, but you don't wanna leave it too long because then it does become harder and harder and harder. So treating our brains exactly like we treat our muscles, instead of weights, we use thoughts. We have so much power and it's, it's really such a beautiful thing. So that's kind of wraps up what I wanted to say about neuroplasticity. I would love to hear from you if you have any comments or questions or insights that you want to share, that would be great. Go to my website, balancedwisdom.com, and send me a comment. Please share. And if you want to help bring more of this awareness to people, please go to iTunes or whatever podcast platform you listen to and subscribe for this podcast. That'll get it more popular, more known, and let the word get out about the effect that we really do have on ourselves and our brains. And leave me a comment, please, anything. I'd love to profile your comment on my next podcast. So in closing, I would like to say, don't believe everything you think. Take a wise look at the thoughts that are firing the neurons together and find a different perspective. Next week, I'm going to take this and I'm going to put it in the analogy of seeds and looking at our mind as a garden which for me makes it, it brings it up a level, right? This is, this is very science and it's very technical. You do this, you do this, and then you change your brain and then you die. Whereas when you put it in the seeds, it's talk, we're talking more about energy and what we're putting out there to the world and what we're bringing into ourselves. And not only how we can create change in our, in our minds and our brains, but we can create change that go far beyond our reach, that go out into the universe, into other people, into other places to create a better world. So I look forward to seeing you in my next podcast. Bye for now.